Good morning. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here at Antioch Church. I've been telling people it's since 2009, it feels like I am at Antioch Church at least once in a year. So you are a very big part of our lives. And uh, one of the, actually I think the most important part of my life is my family. So I always like to start by sharing about my family. And I think each of you has received uh, uh, a picture of my family. Uh, I'm married to Faith, uh, who is an amazing lady. We just had a new baby about a month and a half ago, baby Alvin. And then I traveled with my six-year-old, Aliyah. She's here with us uh, in the Sunday school, and Albright is also doing well. So I, I always just want to share uh, that with everyone because I think it's the most part, important part of my life. Uh, I'm blessed to be here. I'm blessed to see you. Uh, uh, I feel the love of Jesus in this place, and I feel you guys uh, have loved us. Much of what you've seen in that video clip, uh, many of you are part of and are helping us do. Um, so today I'll be sharing a bit about what we are doing, but uh, the big part of what I want to share is Jesus. And, and today I, wa I want to share about Jesus and a man called Zacchaeus. So uh, I've, I've named my talk today Jesus and Zacchaeus. So I think it makes sense for us to start from Luke chapter 19. Uh, can we read together uh, the book of Luke chapter 19? From verse 1. The Bible says, Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. As a man was there, a man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but being, sh being a short man, he could not because of the, of the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, he has gone to be a guest of a sinner. Have you... Um, but Zacchaeus stood and said to the man, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor, and if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house because of this man too. Because this man too is a son of Abraham. 
For the Son of Man came to seek and to save what was lost. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for again an opportunity to, say, to share your word with your people. I pray in the name of Jesus that your word will go out in power and in anointing. That your spirit will work in our hearts here today to make clear what you want to communicate to each one of us here in this place today. I thank you because you are here and you are um, moving us and you are doing something in us that is more beautiful than we have ever realized. So I pray that you will have your way and that you will lead us, give us clarity and give us, um, uh, give us understanding. In the name of Jesus we pray and all God's people say it. Amen. Hallelujah. Now for those who have been here for some time, I, I always... I ask you for a favor when I'm here. In Uganda, when I preach, there, there's this thing that we do between me and the congregation. Like I will say, praise the Lord, and the congregation will say, amen. So uh, just for my sake to help me feel a little bit at home, I would like to ask you, when you hear me say, praise the Lord, just say, Amen. And when you, when you hear me say, hallelujah, usually it's like in a question form, hallelujah, uh, just say amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you. So you will hear it through the sermon. It's just uh, a Uganda preacher thing. So I, um, I would like for you to help me on that. Uh, do you guys know a guy called John Weitzman? Yes, I thought so. Uh, John recently led a team from Bend to Uganda. And they visited our church. They visited our area. Most of the times what I do when uh, people come and visit, and by the way, you are all welcome to visit Uganda. Uh, one of the things I do is I take them on a tour of our community to show them what is happening within the community of Luzira. We are located in Kampala uh, in a suburb called Luzira. So I take them around. This time as we did that, actually we were in a bus um, and I was explaining, one of the ladies was sitting in the back of the bus, uh, raised her hand and said, Alex, uh, one of the reasons that uh, we came here was to find out, we really want to find out how we can help Ugandans help Ugandans. When I heard this, I was very excited because I knew, I think I have the right group of people here. Um, because this has been the driving question behind what we are doing as a ministry. I lead a ministry called Transform African Ministry, and uh, I lead a church called the City Church in, in Luzira. And I've kept wrestling with this question. What does it look like for us as a church uh, to equip and help our people help our people? And that question comes from a place in me where I grew, I've grown up in a, in a church in Uganda that was very good. It, it nurtured us. Uh, however, it... it uh, because 
our areas have a lot of poverty, a lot of pain, a lot of inequalities. The rich are very rich and the poor are very poor. Lots of broken homes, lots of uh, poor families. I mean, it is visible. Most, uh, several people live on less than a dollar a day. And so the model of church that I grew up in was the model where uh, uh, the leaders somehow are able to come over to the West and uh, ask people here to come and help in Uganda. And the model of help is more like uh, for me to be able to go to school, someone this side sponsored me and helped me go to school. That's how I'm able to speak English and you understand. Um, so it is a great model. It has been very helpful. And then, but then I look at our church, where I grew up from, and 25 years later right now, it still is the same thing happening. Uh, we still come over and uh, raise funds here to go and take care of our poor. And I'm very, very grateful that God has men and women in this country that have such a big heart that uh, will sponsor children, will come and help in orphanages, will come and do all these different uh, amazing works, build wells and uh, build schools and do these things that the church really is supposed to be doing because we are the feet and the hands of Christ. When we see injustice, uh, the heart of God cries. And so we, his people, go in and bring the kingdom of God in those areas and help the widows, help the, the, the orphans, help around. Now, knowing that and coming to this community of Luzira and looking at this community, thinking to myself, how can we bring Christ in this area? But also looking, I've, I've always told you that Kampala is amazing. It is a city that sits on several hills. It used to be only seven hills. Now it's about 20, uh, 10 to 12 hills. It's expanding. But what you see is on top of the hills are these amazing houses, big mansions, riches that are parallel what you see this side. Men and women that are affluent. Uh, in Luzira, we have a very huge middle class. Now, when I say middle class, don't think the middle class here. Uh, there, I'm talking about people, prob most likely they don't own a car, but uh, they're able to make life work in Uganda. They've gone to school. In Uganda, if you own a car, you are in the upper class. So, and then we have a 30% that is in that upper class that own most of Luzira. But most of these people uh, are making a living and are doing well. And then we have a 30% that if you stay by the roadsides, uh, it is the most visible. And the, that 30% is really poor and uh, really marginalized. Brokenness that uh, stares you in the eyes. But I noticed something. That the middle class and the upper, people who are living in those gates and those hills, 
They drive and pass through and go, and they don't notice what is happening down here. And then I also noticed something, that the church, when you enter church, most of the poor and the marginalized have come to church. But the 40 middle class and the 30s upper class really hasn't been able to come to church yet. And then the church in Uganda continually has to be coming over to ask for help to come and help in those areas. And I'm asking myself, how come we have this group and this wealth and, and these skills? We have people who have skills. We have people who have access. We have people who have resources. How come they are not engaging as I see our fellow American and Western friends coming over and engaging. And I noticed that I think because we have seen you come, somehow the church in our places and people in those areas have in a way been excused and have in a way uh, been uh, uh, rendered, you know, this it's okay for you to just look at all this and just drive and lock yourself in your gate. So it was the question that uh, I went into this area and began doing church saying, what does it mean? How can we help Ugandans? Help Uganda, because I really believe it's the most sustainable way uh, in our country and in our continent. So, that's where this story of Jesus meeting Zacchaeus makes a lot of sense to me. I think this story answers that question perfectly well. Because Jesus is on his way and he is passing through Jericho. But there happens to be this man called Zacchaeus. And Zacchaeus is once the first thing they tell you is he is a chief tax collector and he is wealthy. Now, the identity in Israel of being a tax collector was not a good identity. In fact, to call you a tax collector was more to pass judgment on you because tax collectors actually got wealthy off of the back and the plight of their own people. They, they, they were uh, men and women, really mostly men, uh, who had learned to take on the ways of the Romans and the tax system of the Romans add on their own, in, their own whatever they wanted to charge and charged their people and oppressed their people. And that's how they got rich. And so they were wealthy. But the Bible says that Jesus begins to pass through this city. And Zacchaeus wants to see Jesus. But the problem is, he is a short man. 
And there is a whole huge crowd around Jesus. So Zacchaeus cannot see Jesus. And what he does is he runs ahead, climbs on top of a tree, and gets an eye, a bad eye view of everything. But what happens is Jesus walks and I mean, if you were Jesus, it would be, I mean, and the cross, it would be quite okay for you to come and pass by Zacchaeus and go. But Jesus stops under that tree and looks up and says, Zacchaeus, come down immediately because I want to stay tonight in your house. And Zacchaeus climbs down and goes and begins to dine and to eat with Jesus. It's his first time eating with Jesus. And all the people around look and say, but Jesus is eating with a sinner. Now, for them to say that Jesus is eating with a sinner, they are trying to tone down their language. Because in Israel, the, worst, the, uh, the thing that was worse than being a sinner was actually being a tax collector. So, you, as, uh, if you are a Jew just practicing and you're not a Pharisee, yeah, you're just a good man. A sinner, everybody knows that one. Uh, he doesn't obey the law. He's great, but he's a sinner. But then below the sinner is the tax collector. So they look at Jesus, and Jesus is eating with Zacchaeus. But as the people are saying that, because Zacchaeus meets Jesus, his heart Turns around, and for the first time, Zacchaeus begins to see the people he would he was not seeing before. For the first time, Zacchaeus looks at all everything that is surrounding him, and he knows I don't need it as much as I thought I do. And for the first time, he looks at the, everything he has and he says, Jesus, right now, I'm not waiting for tomorrow, but right now, I am getting half of whatever I have because I really don't need it all. I'm getting half of it and I'm giving it away to the poor. And I'm not stopping there. Because in my collecting of the taxes, I've cheated people. And if there is anybody that I have cheated, I am going to refund four times more than what I took from them. And at this point, at this moment, everything has turned around 
And Jesus looks at Zacchaeus and says, you know, guys, one of the things we did not realize was that uh, Zacchaeus too is a son of Abraham and salvation has come to him and to his house. Because when I came, the son of man, when I came, I came to seek and to save that which was lost. And I look and I continue to ask myself, what is it that made a lady called Sonia Moore, she lives in Arizona, she's the lady that paid all my school fees from uh, grade two till I finished university. And I, I ask myself, what is it that made this lady Sonia Moore pay for a Ugandan down there? She never knew all that much money. And the only answer is she met Jesus. And Jesus when you meet him and he has a way of touching our hearts and bending us towards the poor and the marginalized and the people who have no access as we do. And I looked at my community and I said, all these people in this community the rich, the middle class, the poor have one common denominator. They all need Jesus. They all need Jesus because they are lost. Actually, I would even argue they are more lost than the poor in our community. And they want to reach to Jesus and yet, they are so, they are surrounded by so much that they can't see. And so they run and hide and seem to be high up and above. And we need to take Jesus to them and say, hey, calm down. Jesus is here. He is calling you. And he, Jesus, when he comes into your heart, he will change you. He will make you. He will mold you. And you will realize you don't have to hide anymore. I am what I am today because a person with access a person with resource, a person with skill was touched by the love of Christ and they realized they cannot be so inward. They need to look outward and they saw me. I think one of the biggest things our communities need is for some people with access some people 
with resource, some people with access, to be touched, so touched by the love of Christ that they will look out and see the suffering and the pain and the poverty in our areas. And so when we went in Luzira and began working, we say that our ministry focus is, uh, is going to be this. We want to be a church that will reach the influences of our community without neglecting our poor so that we can serve our poor and marginalized. And so we began the city church. When we began, it was small, broken systems, and uh, um, in, in, in really, it was in uh, trouble. We prayed, and we worked, we changed things, and God has turned it around. And God has begun bringing people in our church that normally would never, do not go to churches that are Christian churches in our community. Then we began the Fit for Life program. You have seen it up there. It's a program that uh, helps young people. Um, I, I've told you before last time I was here that in Uganda for every one job uh, that opens up, there's over 900 applicants for one job. So we began the Fit for Life program where we can get mentors for the young people and say, uh, can you work with them to prepare them to be job creators and not simply job seekers because there are no jobs you are looking for. So can we help you create? And these are people who are already in the field. These are our Zacchaeuses that have seen, that have been touched by Christ. And they are now mentoring these young people. You saw the story of uh, Jocelyn on there. Jocelyn came to us and uh, she was crying because she couldn't continue with her education. Her dad died and uh, her mom lost all the property and so she couldn't go back to school. And we talked with Jocelyn and we said, Jocelyn, rather than giving you school fees, tuition, because we probably can't afford to pay for all of it, how about if you went and talked to a lady called Patricia, Patricia was into chicken farming and she was flourishing in that. How about if she mentors you and then we can get you startup capital to start the chicken farm? And, uh, and what happened is Patricia showed Jocelyn how to do all this chicken thing and we gave her money to start with 100 chickens. By the time I left, uh, Jocelyn had, has grown that chicken farm to 350 more chickens. She has sold three lots. Uh, she sells 
and, and then buys more and, and just keeps doing that. Now, in August, she is going back to school, paying her own tuition and keeping running her chicken business because Patricia was touched by God and now can see Jocelyn. Several stories. We have seen Hope House. Hope House is a house of now 12 girls who are living, who are living in these uh, homes where the fathers are not there, the mothers work at night, and it is terrible conditions. And we say, what if we can get a home for these girls? And now uh, the we have ladies that are working in that home who are volunteers. We have people who have donated staff in that home from our church, which that in Uganda is a very foreign thing. Is we always wait for the outside to come and help. But I really believe we can turn the tables around. Praise the Lord. So uh, it is what God has helped us to do in our communities. And, and so then the question would be uh, with John uh, Weitzman and we are on, the, on, on this tour in the bus uh, with this lady and she's asking, so how can we be part of helping Uganda help Ugandans? And, and it is the question uh, I, I came to you uh, with. How can you, how could you be part of what we are doing in helping Ugandans help Ugandans? The, the group of people that we have decided, let's reach, are like Zacchaeus. It takes a lot walking down to where they are and saying, please come down. But before they come down, you have to go to them. That's why we began, some, we began the school, for example. It's a kindergarten, a very nice kindergarten, and uh, a little bit expensive for the poor guys to, ex to, uh, to afford. But... We have these families that we couldn't get in their gates. And now we have a school they want to bring their children to. And when they come, we get their children, teach them through Christian principles. Then get them to perform in church. And the parents want to come and see the children perform. Uh, when we began, we began with 12 children. Eight of those parents are now in church. And what actually happened this year is those parents were the ones telling other parents who don't come to our church about our school. So this year we have 26 children in that school. And we are praying that 25 of those parents will join the church. <laughs> Praise the Lord. 
But it is also having them drive into this community because the school is in a poor community. And seeing them bring their children and seeing other children around who didn't go to school. And we as a church saying, <laughs> Zacchaeus, come down because Christ wants to eat with you. And seeing them, how would, you, how would they react to this? These are people who could have at least access on where are the resources that we can use to help these people, to help these children. Praise the Lord. So where I'm asking you to come in and help is the starting of these things, of these uh, uh, programs that access these people is, uh, is more costly. And we, are, and we are saying, yeah, if you can come and stand with us um, on the, in those areas. If, when you support uh, our ministry, um, it goes towards doing things like that, that are going to help Ugandans help Ugandans. Praise the Lord. And then uh, come to Uganda. You guys have skills that in our country, are almost taken for granted. I'll give you an example. This time as I was visiting, I, 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 I visited a friend of mine. He has a 16-year-old. And they were serving us lunch, sandwiches. But uh, the mom tells the 16-year-old to come and ask us what we would need on our sandwiches. Now, I say us because I traveled with my daughter, but I also traveled with another pastor from Uganda. Chris is sitting here with us. So we are sitting with uh, I, Chris, and, uh, and, and the dad in the sitting room. The boy comes, 16-year-old comes, actually 14-year-old. He comes out with a paper and our names, our names written in three different columns. And the things to put on sandwiches on the other corner. And begins, so what would you want on your sandwich? You say, and he ticks tomatoes, lettuce, uh, ketchup. And then how about you, oh, this beef, whatever. And I'm, whoever does that? <laughs> and yet, I'm thinking, this boy can run a company now. to come and share with our communities. How do you do that? How do you organize your day? It's a great missions outreach. It's a great partnership. How, uh, I mean, you look at what they call amateur video here, and it makes our television look like to, to come and say, yes, I have this skill. How can we employ it to reach the influencers of our community? I think would be a great, great contribution to us. Praise the Lord. So uh, we are in the business of saying, Lord, help us to reach the influencers of our community so that we can serve our poor and marginalized. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord be with you. And may the Lord 
speak to you in the name of Jesus. Let's pray. Father, there is a lot that has been said in this talk. But I also know that you are working in the hearts and in the lives of your people. So, would you apply your word to our hearts today to know exactly what you need us to do and how to proceed in this? I thank you and bless you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.